Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Happy Thursday, folks. The best day of the week. Brian's happy, happy, super-duper, fun, happy, fun day. If you're wondering who Brian is, he's me. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and host of this program. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. Probably the only source of information in the world where the focus is genuine, authentic, total cure from emotional disorders, specifically borderline personality disorder, by somebody who is himself cured of it. I want to invite you to visit my website, thelastsymptom.com, which is full of free resources and encouragement for those doing this work for themselves. And while you're there, please consider supporting my work by either scheduling a one-on-one conversation with me or with a financial contribution. It's these forms of support which allow me to do this work. While looking through, um, this is a subject that's come up a lot in conversations I've been having with folks uh, one-on-one lately, the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. And I noticed that as I searched through my my episodes, my past episodes, that as far as I can tell, I do not have a single episode dedicated to this subject. I know I've talked about it in the past. I know that a lot of this information has come up in previous episodes, but for my work, it's useful for me to have individual episodes dedicated to important themes. That way, when I'm talking to people, I can refer them to this episode or that episode without them having to go digging. You know, it's we're, we're now, we've got so many episodes in the bank, it's even becoming complicated for me to remember when I talked about a certain thing, and then to find it later. So, you've heard this information, or you've read it. I'm going to give it to you again. It doesn't hurt, for those who have already been exposed to this information, to be exposed to it again. And I'm going to title this, The Law of Individual Inherent Rights, Responsibility, and Authority, this episode. That way I can refer people back to it. Now, I often talk about the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority, and it's a term that, as far as I know, I myself, Brian Barnett, invented. I've referenced it multiple times in this show, and I emphasize it so often because it's the norm for those with distorted perspectives of emotional disorders, like borderline personality disorder, 
to neither recognize this law nor respect it. Now, is this unique to borderline personality disorder? No, it's not. Nothing I talk about is unique to borderline personality disorder. So think of this in terms of emotional health versus emotional unhealth. Lots of people, millions of people, who never have had and never will have borderline personality disorder do not understand this law and don't live by it. And so what happens? Their lives are disordered, emotional disorder. So this law or reality must be clearly understood, valued, and lived in harmony with before anybody can truly enjoy genuine emotional health. Furthermore, this is another one of those few laws which can be easily grasped instantly, then applied and begin providing immediate, measurable results. Some other principles of emotional health, by contrast, require some time to fully appreciate the reality of before one can start experiencing the full benefits from. So, this episode is meant as a detailed examination of the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority, and it goes like this. Every other person on earth is the weather. You have no control over what it'll do. The weather is going to do whatever the weather does, no matter what. It's entirely out of your hands. Now, I'm going to read this again. The simple explanation of what the uh, law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority is. But this time, what I'd like you to do is I'd like to you to imagine your husband. Or imagine your wife. Or imagine your grown children. Or how about this? You children... Imagine your grown parents. All right? It could be anybody. Pick a person who's very close to you. Imagine them while I read again the explanation of what the individual law the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility and authority is. Are you ready? Imagine your person. Every other person on earth, every other person is the weather. You have no control over what it'll do. The weather's going to do whatever the weather does. No matter what, it's entirely out of your hands. You only have inherent rights, responsibility, and authority over who? Over you, yourself. This isn't just a clever way of thinking. It's reality. Have you been living in harmony with reality up to now? Let's see. There's another easier name for the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. Do you know what it is? Free will. Now consider, if you're an atheist, bear with me for a very brief moment, that God did not create the first man as a pre-programmed robot. No, Instead, what God did was he gave him an unbelievable gift. 
free will. Now, consider this. If not even God himself lays claim over your individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority, that is to say your free will, who else can? Nobody. Not your husband, not your wife, not your adult parents, if you are an adult free agent, and nobody. That means nobody. The law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority does not describe a clever way of thinking that I, Brian Barnett, conjured up. Mm-mm. It merely puts a name to a universal reality that you've already always been living under, whether you knew it or not. Until now, you've either been living in harmony with it, or you've not been living in harmony with it. And if you've not been living in harmony with it, it explains a lot of the disorder in your life, don't it? So, as with the weather, there are certain things that fall within your inherent rights, responsibility, and authority in every situation. Let's look at it in practical terms. What can you do when you look out the window and you see it's going to rain? What do you do? Do you go outside and yell at the clouds? Do you pace around? Pissed off? Why? What sense does this make? Think about it. Imagine imagine a person looking out the window, seeing it's cloudy and raining, and that person spending the next hour just going around kicking the walls, screaming at the sky, punching the table with the fist, kicking things over, angry at what the weather is doing or not doing. It's a total waste of energy and emotion, isn't it? Now, what makes more sense in that situation? Does it not make more sense to use that same energy, that same energy and time, to go get an umbrella? Or how about a raincoat? Or how about taking that energy and time and using it to plan a day of indoor activities? This is what you possess an inherent ability to affect. Anything that involves you and your decisions and actions or your failure to act with attention directed inward toward yourself. In short, anything at all that has to do with you, your personal decisions, In turn, every single human being walking around on the earth also lives with these same inherent rights and restrictions. They're the weather to you, and you are the weather to them. Think about that. If you see in the forecast that it's going to be sweltering hot, do you call up somebody and complain about it for three hours? Do you refuse to acknowledge that the the weather just is what it is? Walk outside in a big old goose-down coat, even though it's 100 degrees outside and 100% humidity. Why? What point is there to that? 
Instead, use that same energy to look at yourself and consider what falls within your your inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. In other words, what you have the power and authority and the right to decide upon and affect. Go get your shorts and a t-shirt and leave the pants at home or wear that light summer skirt that I like so much on you instead. Plan to spend the day in air conditioning. Now, how does this all apply to real life? Well, too many are concerned illogically about what other people think, what other people say, what other people do, what other people are not doing. It's always other people, ain't it? It's a human tendency. But especially and overwhelmingly, it's the tendency of emotionally unhealthy people to always be worrying and focusing on somebody else. Why? What inherent rights do you have over anybody else? You don't have. What inherent responsibility do you have over anybody else? You don't have. What inherent authority do you have over anybody else? You don't have. Now, pay attention to the word inherent. It's a word I bring up a lot. What does inherent mean? It means nobody has to grant it to you. It's just yours. So again, what inherent responsibility do you have over anybody else who is not your minor children? You don't. You don't have. So you're like a person standing outside, staring up at the clouds, your face red from exertion, trying to control the behavior of the weather with your willpower. What a stupid waste of time, emotion, and energy. I get it. People do things you don't like. So? Do you know that you also do things people don't like? They're the weather to you, and you're the weather to them. See, they also can't live your life for you. Only you can live your life. Each one of us exists in a circle. Now, I want you to imagine a circle drawn around your feet in the sand, and everywhere we go, no matter the circumstances, that circle follows us around. Your inherent rights, responsibility, and authority apply to anything, absolutely anything, within that circle. And those rights, responsibility, and authority literally belong to nobody and nothing else, not even God, remember? Again, it bears repeating because some people tend to think that their relationship status gives them a pass. You have no inherent rights, responsibility, or, or authority over your wives, not over your husbands, not over your adult children, not over your adult parents, not over your girlfriends, not over your boyfriends. Now, here's a dose of reality for you. They can choose at any time to totally 
remove themselves from your life entirely if they so wish. They can choose at any time to remove you from their lives entirely if they so wish. So you remember that. Just as you have complete and total inherent, again, which means that nobody has to grant it to you, it's just yours, universal free will, so do they. Now think about what that means. It means that if they're with you, or if they allow you to be in their lives, it's only because they themselves are allowing it. They're choosing to allow it. You got married, all right? You've been married for 50 years. Why is she still there? Because she's choosing to be there. Nobody's making her. Do do you understand that? No, No arrangement is binding in any way. Do you realize I could rob a bank tomorrow? If I'm willing to risk the consequences, I can choose to rob a bank tomorrow. Can't I? Of course I can. Why? Because I've got free will. Now, maybe the consequences of a divorce is not something a person wants to deal with or they want to put it off for a while. The person is still choosing, choosing. They're still making their choice. You have no control over it. So every time you get caught up in trying to operate outside of your circle and trying to step outside of your circle in the sand and into another person's circle, you are violating universal norms. You are fighting against reality. And when you fight against reality, guess who loses? There's no other possibility. You're going to lose. So... Why do it? So a lot of parents join my group because they want to know how to, quote, unquote, help their adult children, children that these parents themselves are guilty for emotionally harming, whether they're aware of it or accepting of it or not. And I'm happy to welcome anybody into the group for purposes of educating themselves. At the same time, While these parents are looking for ways to quote-unquote help their adult children who have free will and are only responsible for themselves, the parents are no longer responsible for them, for their lives. Where is the parent's focus not directed, which is the only place it has any business being directed? That's right, on themselves. By failing to do this, they're abusing and neglecting the only inherent rights, responsibility, and authority they have. They've stepped outside their circle and are attempting in violation of universal norms. In in other words, they're, they're fighting against reality to enter the circle of somebody else and assume the responsibility of somebody else that does not belong to them that never belonged to them as long as that person has been an adult. They're not looking at themselves, at their failures and their own disordered thinking. They're not worrying about themselves, making honest evaluations about themselves and fixing themselves. Mm -mm. Why? 
because they think that they have a responsibility or a right to involve themselves in other people's decisions and lives. The period parents had for helping, quote unquote, their children in the unhealthy sense that they have in mind, these same children to whom they themselves caused emotional unhealth in the first place, in other words, you're the problem, and now you want to you want to tell them how to make it better, right? Well, how are you going to make how are you going to make it better for them when you're still living uh, with your own emotional unhealth that caused you to emotionally abuse them in the first place? How are you going to tell me truly? How are you going to help them? They, they don't need your help. They need somebody else's help, but not your help. What they need from you is to respect the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority, and get your own shit fixed. So, you see, no matter what, your use of helping other people is just a way to avoid ever focusing on and addressing and fixing your own issues, and that's really inexcusable. Imagine a world full of people where everybody's too busy trying to tell other people how to live and fix other people. Guess what? Never gets fixed. Nobody gets fixed. If everybody else is violating the law of individual inherent rights and responsibility, nothing gets fixed. The only way issues get fixed are when people stop, they recognize the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. They see the bubble around their feet, and they say, this is where I'm going to put my attention. I recognize my adult, my 40-year-old son. That's his life, and now he's going to have to figure that out. But the best thing I can do for myself and for the people I love are for me to focus all of my attention and energy here within this bubble. Adulthood means that your children are now independent free agents, the same as you. They now enjoy full inherent rights, responsibility, and authority over their lives, the same as you are enjoying over your life. Such parents, as in my example, do not understand how their quote-unquote help, how offensive it is to begin with. So the very people responsible for the emotional neglect and abuse that are their now adult children are struggling to cope with, to unravel and fix, these same people are the same people now trying to tell them what to do about it. It makes me think of a rapist. It really does. I think it's a perfect analogy. A rapist who goes back and tells his rape victim, you know what? You really should do something about that depression you're dealing with now. It, it just ain't healthy. D- do you see how obnoxiously offensive that is? You are the one who caused this. Don't you have your own problems to focus on and address? So what are you doing giving me advice? Nobody who's trying to get a handle on his or her problems, wants to hear advice from the person who's the very cause of those problems. Get it? Secondly, nobody who's trying to get a handle on his or her problems wants advice from anybody 
who has greater problems themselves and yet is doing less or nothing to address it. The rapist has no business involving himself with what the victim does or does not do or how he or she does it. He's got his own issues. You know, he needs to be figuring out why he rapes people. Right? You parents, you parents who have uh, brought this damage upon your children, don't, don't you have your hands full trying to figure out why it is you were able to do that and treat them that way in the first place? Why you thought that was okay? Yeah, it seems like a full-time job to me. You better get on that. But instead of taking care of the one thing that the rapist should be taking care of, what does he do? He spends his time thinking about what his victim should be doing, how she could be living a better life, a happier life. Why she should do this, and she should do that, and she should do this. The whole thing is indescribably, incomparably offensive, and yet these parents are blind as to why. They write to me all the time upset that I have the audacity to describe the reality that they have no interest in seeing. And by the way, I'm in this situation. Yeah, I'm in this situation myself. I got a father. Has no interest whatsoever in addressing his own issues. Now, and here's the thing. I've put forth uh, seven years of hard, hard effort to overcome, address, uh, understand inside and out the issues that I used to live with and fix them. Trains going by. That's a cargo train, by the way. I talked about a cargo train last week in the uh, encouraging finale. I don't know if you can hear the uh, the whistle. But yeah, man, if you, if you get stuck at that train crossing right there, you'll be there for three and a half years before you can before the gates come up. So anyway, if these parents had uh, valued the law of, or, you know, were if they had known, first of all, given that many people listening to this probably are not aware of the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority, but ignorance is not an excuse when you have the capacity to know a thing. So if these parents had bothered to learn about the law of inherent rights, responsibility, and authority 20 years ago, their focus would have always been in the right place, and they might have fixed their emotional issues and thus have prevented negatively and harmfully affecting their children, and then their children wouldn't be in the predicament they're in now, would they? So parents, honestly, the only thing your children want from you now is to worry about and fix yourself. So do it. Even if you don't understand how this is the best thing you can do for your kids, do it anyway. Because the more you progress, the more that light will start to become clearer and clearer. Now, many others come to me because they want help. They want to help, quote unquote, their girlfriends or boyfriends. Tell me, while you're busy doing that, girlfriend or boyfriend, who's taking responsibility for your bus that's speeding along with no driver? Forget for a minute the reality that recovery only works when it's self-initiated and genuine anyway. Only each individual, himself or herself, can bring about their own recovery. I can't do it for them. The the greatest psychologist in the entire world does not have the skill to do it for them. People do it. It's an individual accomplishment. 
So forget for a moment that recovery only works when people do it for themselves and it's self-initiated. But also, the question I have for the moment is, who chooses to be in or stay in relationships with emotionally unhealthy people? I'll tell you who. Nobody who's emotionally healthy. Nobody who's emotionally healthy chooses to stay in or be in relationships with emotionally unhealthy people. Emotionally healthy people don't purposely choose to get into relationships with emotionally unhealthy people. They don't. The very act of doing so is an emotionally harmful, stupid act committed against oneself. It's the very opposite of how emotional health behaves. No emotionally healthy person purposely chooses to get into a situation that's clearly going to result in frustration, anger, pain, and heartbreak in their life. Authentic, emotionally healthy people don't ignore ongoing warning signs in a courtship for quote-unquote love. First of all, that's not real love. Secondly, if you believe it's real love, You need to take a break from the overwhelmingly unhealthy ideals about love that are communicated in today's movies and popular music. So, you have no inherent right to be focused on your girlfriend's problems. And yes, I realize you care. But your care does not grant you the right responsibility or authority over that other person. Do you know the only person who has the right, the responsibility, and the authority? She, herself. So you've got your own issues, right? To stop neglecting. Like identifying what your, what your defect is that makes you think committing to somebody who's emotionally unhealthy isn't such a bad idea. As I've already clearly demonstrated, there exist no exceptions to the law of inherent rights, responsibility, and authority except for those with minor children. And even then, and this is important, when you have minor children, these are limited inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. They only exist in combination with grave inherent responsibility. As opposed to the full rights we have over ourselves individually, We don't have these full rights over our children. We have, more than anything, responsibility. And it only lasts for as long as they are dependents, as long as they're dependent on us. We can't just, uh, you know, do whatever, treat them however we want. No, we can't. Can we treat ourselves any way we want? Sure, we can. So do you see how the rights we have over our kids are limited? They're not, they're not without boundaries, Those children are going to become independent free agents one day. And our rights and responsibility and authority over them is going to come to an abrupt end. So, while they're young, make sure that you're managing your inherent rights, responsibility, your limited inherent rights, responsibility, and authority over your 
dependent children in the most responsible way possible. That circle around your feet where your inherent rights, responsibility, and authority end doesn't change based on your relationships or on who you are or whether you're some lady's mom or whether you're married or not. Folks like to believe these things change the formula, but they don't. For example, marriage doesn't mean that your husband suddenly has magical powers to decide for you how you will decide to live your life. Everything you do, think, decide, and feel is still entirely you. Anything preventing you from leaving that relationship is just you. It's just, it's in your head. These are boundaries that nobody can enforce on you. They're boundaries only you can enforce upon yourself. If you adhere to your marriage vows, for example, it's not because anybody has the power to make you do it. No, it's still just you. It's just you choosing to do it. Is somebody texting you? You know, they're sending you text messages and you don't like it. Well, guess why that's happening? Guess why that's happening? It's only happening because you are allowing it. You see, you can't control the other person. That's true. You can't make them not send messages. But you can control who you accept text messages from. That's within your circle in the sand, ain't it? Choosing who to ignore is within your circle in the sand. Choosing who you will send text messages to or not is within your circle in the sand. Other people's behaviors and choices are not within your circle in the sand, but your choices and behaviors are. So let's say that your mom's a negative force in your life, but you don't know how to make her, quote, treat you with respect. Well, you can't make her treat you with respect, okay? So surrender that notion. Stop screaming at the clouds and make a decision for yourself. Look at what you are doing or not doing, not what she's doing or not doing. Look at what you are doing or failing to do. You have the right, the authority, and the responsibility for deciding who you allow yourself to continue being influenced or affected by, who you continue to allow to be in your life. You don't have any rights, responsibility, or authority over how your mother chooses to be and live. So your decisions have to be based on the reality of the situation. This is what she's doing. This is what I'm going to do. You see that? Based on the reality of the situation, not on your distorted idea of changing her into something else. Well, I'm going to tolerate this because I'm going to figure out how to manipulate her and change her into the person that I'm willing to tolerate in my life. No, folks. Mm -mm. That's denial. 
It's denial and it's a total lack of respect for the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. If your mom's behaving that way, she has a right to behave that way. Do you know that? No matter how bad people are behaving or treating you or the decisions they're making, no matter how bad those decisions are, that's their right. Why are you trying to get in between it? So your decisions can be based on what you wish they would be or what you hope that they will be in the future. Your decisions have to be based on the reality of who they are now, their decisions now, what they're doing now. And looking inward, not at them, but looking inward, this is what I want for my life. And this is what they represent. Do I want that in here? Well, that's a decision for you to make, right? Maybe you do want that in there. My rule of thumb is, and it's very easy to apply, nobody has to be perfect, but the conditions for people who will be allowed in my life are they must bring greater benefit to my life than than negativity. That's it. That's as simple as, as it can be. Anybody who brings greater positivity to my life than negativity gets to stay. I welcome them. I need them. I need them to be happy and to, to have those, you know, have that influence in my life. I need that intimacy. But if I look at a situation, it doesn't matter if it's a father, a brother, or a sister, or mom, nobody, an aunt, anybody who consistently brings more sadness or disorder or frustration or negativity to my life than happiness and harmony and positivity, they're not invited anymore. They don't meet the conditions to be included in my life. Uh, Let's say that your adult, adult son is refusing to go to therapy. Well, Guess what, Mom or Dad? That's his right. He's responsible for his life, not you. You lost that right and responsibility the day he became a man. You know, maybe nobody told you, but ignorance is not an excuse. You had a finite amount of time to make decisions for him, and that time's gone. You need to replace your focus in the only place you ever had any business place in it, and work on your own issues. It's almost a certainty that you have bigger problems than he does. One possible positive side effect of this is that your son may be so touched by your willingness to identify and work on your own issues that your example might encourage him to do the same for himself. This is one way you can demonstrate genuine love toward him. Focus on and fix whatever's wrong within your circle in the sand. Whatever's wrong with you. Whatever your issues are. Do you know what an impression it would make if my father were to do this? If instead of him uh, judging my decisions and my mistakes... And uh, focusing 
on who I am if he would do that for himself. After all, all that I've had to deal with for the last 30 years, now once I become 19, 18 years old, and I become an independent free adult, free agent, every day that I did not address and fix my own issues, that that's on me. But the initial damage, the initial damage is all on him. So, once I become an adult and everything that, uh, every terrible result, every terrible natural effect of his emotional abuse, the, the natural consequences of that were 50% on him. Me not fixing it until I was, you know, darn near 38, 39, 37, 38. Uh, that's on me. But he's still 100 respect percent responsibility for the initial the initial uh, damage well ladies and gentlemen this is going on forever and ever so let's uh say thank you very much i want to remind you please to visit the last if anything today was helpful to you your uh, financial support would be a, a great benefit to my ongoing efforts uh we've reached the encouraging finale April 17th of this year, somebody said this to me about my work. Every answer you ever give is truly profound. I know that sounds like a line, but honest to God, you're writing his truth, and it speaks to a person's heart, their soul, their mind. It's not a stretch to believe that when you hear truth, your soul and your mind recognize it as truth you once knew and understood. That's what it feels like to me when I read your work. It's exactly how I felt when I finally stumbled onto accurate answers that brought about my own epiphanies and led to my own recovery. Like a thing I had once known was true, but had forgotten until I was reminded. I recognized it immediately. Immediately.